because it's fun. It's fun to do bad things. 24-7 Comedy Radio. I to do horror stuff with my friend. Step out of that shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh, and we do what the fuck we want to do. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support the Green Room. And now live from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, the host of the Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania from the Thomas J. Green Memorial Studios. That, of course, being my uh, grandfather used to... We have an addition on our uh, childhood home where my uh, grandfather lived for... You know, my uh, parents took him in and he got to hang out here with the family in his little addition. We're hanging out in his back office. A lot of... uh, a lot of his old accounting stuff kicking around, and I'd like to welcome on my left-hand man, not Logan Lystico. He's out in, uh, he's out in sunny Los Angeles, California. My left-hand man for today and for tomorrow night, Mr. Johnny Loquasto. Johnny, what's happening, man? Pleasure to be here. Uh, Logan, big shout-out to you, buddy. We miss you. Uh, we should probably call him at some point. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can try to get Logan on the line see what he's up to. Yeah. Um, also, it's pretty cool. We have the, uh, I see Jesus, Mary, and Joseph statues in this room. Yep, we got the uh, the big three. Yeah, uh, they're uh, <laughs> the big three. Exactly. It's not uh, it's not the uh, Boston Celtics. No, well, actually, the big three is the Holy Trinity of uh, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. But we uh, we threw in Joseph in there. Also, I mean, I was also thinking of Miami Heat of uh, <laughs> Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and LeBron James. But now, of course, a number of teams have the big three. At the Clippers, you got Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and Chauncey Billups. Right. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean. Uh, they, it's funny, everyone's trying to copy the Miami Heat strategy, even though Miami Heat didn't win the title. Right. It is, everyone's like, oh, we got we to gotta get a big three like LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. Meanwhile, that was unsuccessful. Yep. In fact, the... They copied the Celtics, who were successful. Who were successful, yeah, that's correct. Legs fell off. Yeah, and uh, you know the the real team that was successful last year, the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. They had Dirk Nowitzki, and they played a great team game. Had one superstar built around that. They got some momentum, and that's how they won. And they lost their best defensive player though to the Knicks, who now they kind of have a big three. You have Amari Stoudemire, Carmelo Anthony, Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler, which I would say, I if you're asking me, I'd rather have Tyson Chandler than Chris Bosh, to be honest. Well, without a doubt, Bosh plays no defense. He has a mid range game. I mean, he's not the kind of guy that's gonna bring you to the championship he, that was pretty clear in the playoffs he disappeared yeah no what is it about uh, Chris Bosh that's just so annoying it somehow when he was on the Toronto Raptors I felt like that was appropriate all right this yeah. is a guy that deserves to be playing in Canada all right let him go out there he kind of looks like a dinosaur with that long right. neck very awkward ah! yeah he's just it, there's certain positions where you want to see certain skills and th- this could be in, in, in anything. You're um, right. I, I looked at Chris Bosh like a, a more likable Stephon Marbury back in the day. Like he would put up numbers. He would get his 20. He would get his 10. But the team would lose by 30. Right. And so it was likable. It's like, look at him. He's talented. But yeah. now he's on a real team. People expect things out of him. And he's going for like 12 and 8. Yeah. And in the playoffs, he disappeared almost as much as LeBron did. No, yeah, LeBron couldn't couldn't do it in the fourth quarter, couldn't do it in the championship time. Although LeBron has had an interesting career. I mean, that's why I really liked LeBron. When I you know, when he was playing on Cleveland, I really enjoyed watching him play because he played so hard. Oh yeah. 
he he put up those crazy games where he would you know had like uh, sixty points in the playoffs mm-hmm. and just literally left everything on the court and you're like oh man wait Remember, this guy got some people around him he'd be unstoppable look at how hard he's trying then that last year in Cleveland all of a sudden he stopped trying and I, and I just immediately stopped liking him that year when the Cavs went to the finals against the Spurs LeBron just the whole team eleven yes. dudes. The coach, everyone on his back, like he was just, and of course they got spanked. But getting there was ridiculous. Put the team on his back. It's funny you say that. If you guys haven't, I've played this on the on the show multiple times. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bore people by playing it again. But have you ever seen on YouTube? It's uh, just Google on you or yeah, Google YouTube. Uh, Greg Jennings broken leg. Have you ever seen this video? It Greg is, Jennings of the Packers? Yeah, Greg Jennings' broken leg. It's not – he didn't actually break his leg. Okay. It's a video of a guy playing Madden. He's this uh, – <laughs> he's kind of a ghetto guy, and he's, uh, he's got a replay up of a, of a Madden game he was just in, and he announces the entire – I guess he was. It was the end of the game, but he he threw like a two yard pass, and Greg Jennings ran it ninety nine yards. It's hilarious. You got to just throw that into YouTube. But he broke his leg. Oh, he goes. He goes. This is why I say I'm one of the hardest dudes in Madden. And then he goes, Yo, I throw it to Greg Jennings. Yo, look at that kid. Look at that kid running. Look at that kid. Oh, what? Earlier though, the brother broke his leg, and it just Greg Jennings runs a 99 yard touchdown with a broken leg. And man, it's hilarious to see. It's hilarious to hear the guy announce it. I'm YouTubing that tonight. Yeah, but he he has a great he he does. He goes, let's go into the mind of a Greg Jennings. Oh, I'm gonna do it for Madden. I'm gonna put the team on my back. So now, whenever I hear that phrase, I'm going to put my team on uh, my back. You think I of a fat ass sitting on his couch. <laughs> Playing Madden, that's going to get more views than any of us will combined. No, yeah, oh yeah, he has uh, 4.8 million views. He's got a uh, ringtone. It's like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it for Madden. <laughs> a ringtone. While we're speaking of people with no talent that have a lot of views, uh, the sure. song "It's So Cold in the D" is my new favorite song of all. Now time. wait, how does that song go? Oh man! All right. Well, let me explain how I found out about this. As you know, Beavis and Butthead's back on the air. Thank yes, God. I love Beavis and Butthead. Saving us from. Everything else on television. It's been amazing. Every episode is a can't miss. I love it. Well, you know, they still watch TV, but they're watching more modern shit. They're watching yep. like uh, Jersey Shore or whatever. So they watch this awful, awful video that I'm assuming Mike Judge found online. It's called It's So Cold in the D. It's by a chick named T-Baby, right? <laughs> if you if you do yourself a favor and YouTube this song, it might be stuck in your head like an evil spirit. But it's, <laughs> it's this chick in Detroit with her like friends behind her. And she's singing to this awful track, and it's like, It's so cold in the D. How the F we supposed to keep the peace? And then she drops an N-word in the next song. It's all right. part of the chorus, but it's very catchy. And then as the song goes on, she's uh, less and less on beat to the song. And like, watching Beavis and Butthead watch his videos, I mean, at one point Beavis is just like, I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> it's brilliant. but the, It's up to like 5 million views. And so now she's... Um, you know she's going on radio shows, and of course she, she's not not going to be as popular as the Betterman Trude or whatever the hell that dude's name is. I forget his name already, but yeah, um, he got his mom out the projects. So. 
that's good. Exactly. That's that's all. That's all you're looking for. That's all we're that's dreaming. All we're trying of. to do, man. That's all we're trying to do, Johnny. Get our <laughs> get our moms out of the projects as Actually, we sit in this massive 2,500 square foot house in Bethlehem. <laughs> well, yeah, my my parents they're doing all right, but uh, yeah, they'll be beautiful. House. They'll be hanging out uh, tomorrow night at the yeah. uh, Steel Stacks over at the Music Fest Cafe. Tickets are still available. You can still get some tickets there. To, uh, depending on when you're listening to this, but it's Thursday, December 22nd, eight o'clock. You can go to artsquest.org. Get some tickets. Is we it have dot org or is it dot com? I guess it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. If you type in either one, it'll take you to Arts Quest. Click on comedy. We're going to be hopefully right at the top of the page. Things are going good. I guess we could say they're looking really good for tomorrow. Ticket sales really strong. A lot of pre-sales, but yeah, there's still there's still room. We can still squeeze you in if you plan on getting a ticket at the door or getting it online. You can still probably uh, get into the show. Really looking forward to it. It's going to be a one-time event that I think is going to be something that we're not going to forget for a long time. You know, we've yep. both been at this for a while. And, um, you know, it's going to be because the Lehigh Valley just doesn't have a lot of entertainment options. You go to the movies, um, you know, they add music fests once a year in the summer. So they added in this this venue called Arts Quest where they do live entertainment every night of the week and whether it's music or comedy. And so uh, you and I approached them. Yep. They were into it. And little did we know, uh, a lot of people wanted to see us, which was, hey, thank you. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the uh, the support's been great. Really appreciate it. And it's cool because – yeah, I mean, while we're playing in a big, friendly crowd, it's going to be me performing to a lot of friends and family, but then right. also a lot of your friends and family. Yep. So it's a nice mix of and people that know me, people that have seen me before, but also new faces. We're going to see more middle-aged and people in their upper 50s hammered tomorrow than I think we've <laughs> ever seen in our lives. It's going to be awesome. Yep, there's going to be a wide range of people there. One thing they'll have in common is they live in the Lehigh Valley, and they're probably going to get drunk. I, I, think, I think the— uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we should. Yeah, really, this should be. Well, I think Music Fest uh, Cafe is sponsored by Yingling, but we should have a separate, separate beer liquor sponsor because it's a good point. It's a it's a hard drinking lifestyle in the in the Lehigh it's Valley. A hard knock life, the weather's cold. You want to hang out inside. You want to you want to grab some beers. You want to grab some drinks. But oh, yeah. yeah, from the kids in their early twenties to people in their uh, in their later ages. Now you were talking about. I before. have confirmation there will be a few people over eighty. <laughs> now have they these uh, people that have been in the eighties um, yes. that you that you're confident that are going to be there tomorrow? I'm not they, confident. I've been told. Okay, okay. sorry. <laughs> you have an idea that they're probably going to come. Who yeah. knows? They, they bought tickets so thank you well there that's that's all that's all i'm concerned about <laughs> exactly so th- have they come to see you do comedy before no they um it, it, they didn't even know about the show they're not really internet goers if right. you will um it's, i mean as a matter of fact i had to explain to my mom three times what a podcast was in the past three days and uh <laughs> which is adorable i think it's awesome like i wish i lived a life where i didn't give a damn what a podcast was like it's so much better and so I explained to her, I was like, she, I, I was like, I'm going to my buddy Sean's, we're going to uh, do the podcast for a show tomorrow. She's like, what's the podcast? I'm like, oh, it's a, it's like an online radio show. She's like, why? I'm like, yeah, good point. I <laughs> right. I don't know. It's just why? what comedians do to, uh, to keep ourselves from going crazy. Yeah, exactly. We like to talk. Uh, we like to share stories, anecdotes. Why not throw them online? <laughs> throw, throw them out there. Someone's, you know, someone, someone's got to listen. And, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, no, good times there. So... And let, let's give a shout out to Dancing Pepper Productions. Yes, Dancing right. Pepper Productions. Uh, my buddy Scott Tice, who was a uh, very funny gentleman in high school, just started to do, uh, set up his own recording studio, and they also do uh, video production. So he's going to be filming that. It's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm really looking forward to doing the show. Now I know I get this question asked a lot, but I thought I would ask you. Okay. Does the act change when you're when you're going to do it in front of your parents or older people or? 
Is it is it going to be a different act than I would say I would see you out in Los Angeles or maybe New York? Um, in May, I did a show back in May in the Lehigh Valley, and that was changed a little bit just because um, I knew like everyone there knew me. Um, this time around, I'm literally doing everything I want to do. Plus, we're both doing long sets. It's not like we have enough. Right. I don't have that much. If I'm doing 40 minutes or whatever, I don't have that much material. We're like, okay, I'm going to go with set C. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm doing – plus, since we're taping it. I mean, we are spending the money to tape it. You know, I think we both want to get what we want to get on tape. So I'm not really going to hold anything back uh, per se at all. I, I, you know, will they get everything? Maybe not, but at least it will be stuff for us to mess around with. On yeah, we can, we can add the laughs in later. <laughs> yeah, of course. Post. <laughs> if they, the, the important thing is to make make it look like you're killing, regardless of whether you're killing or not. You can, you can dub in a little laughter if a couple jokes fall flat. Even, it's yeah. weird. Even, um, even from doing uh, – like I, I did my CD recording in March – and, you know, some of the jokes that are jokes that do really well, but for whatever reason, jokes will fall flat. Mm-hmm. You can edit them out or, or take them out. It's not a big thing. But, yeah, I, don't, I guess I'm the same way. I don't have any anything uh, I'm not going to include. I mean, you right. know, sometimes – yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's in the back of your head. I mean, you can't help but look out and see your mom before you do a joke about sex. There will be moments well, like that yeah, where you're just going to have to plow through and do it. Yeah, if you have an orgy, bitch, just say I had a friend who had an orgy, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's easy there's easy workarounds. Um, <laughs> One thing that I find interesting, I because I, I mean, cause we live in L.A., and, you know, thanks to Jerry Sandusky's ass, we are now <laughs> – like our state is relevant again for the right? wrong reason. So my question is, I wonder – I don't really – I wrote a little bit about Penn State, but I don't necessarily do it. My question is, do we touch that? Like are you – like I don't know if Randy – Randy Tong's going to be our host, really funny guy. Um, but are you going to touch on it? Like – Am I going to touch on the Jerry Sandusky story? <laughs> are you going to touch Sandusky? on the Jerry Sandusky story? Yes. Well, here's the thing. I – if I had an amazing joke, I, I would do it. I have some stuff because I was at Penn State during the time sure, of sure. Um, of when this was all going down. And I do have some thoughts on I, – I mean I was actually uh, – <laughs> I got arrested um, mm-hmm. for a minor infraction the same year when all this was going down. So there is some outrage there about, hey, what are the Penn State police? They're busting me in my dorm room. Right. Meanwhile, Jerry Sandusky's off doing God knows what. So, yeah, I have a little venting when it comes to yeah, that. Sandusky is running a prostitute mill <laughs> for kids that don't even know they're being prostituted. And meanwhile, you get a little drunk in public, and you're getting shit on. Right. Exactly. I, well, I was getting high in my dorm room, but it was well, the same kind of know. thing. That's what they designed dorm rooms for. And you know what? You know yeah. what they designed locker rooms for? Traditional horseplay. Not the Jerry Sandusky horseplay, right? So the idea that I, got, I did more jail time or had more punishment in 2002 than Jerry Sandusky is pretty insane. He had no me. punishment. Literally. No, he had no punishment. And he also – yeah, he also uh, – <laughs> He also wasn't even the first time he got arrested. He got out completely oh, yeah. and was left roaming around. And did they have around? to be putting the mugshot up of him with the buck teeth? Like, did they make him look any creepier? It's like we already know what he did, and you look at the guy now. We're just like, oh my god, <laughs> it is not good. But yeah, people, especially when it comes to Joe Paterno, I, I've talked about it previously on the podcast. But I did a comedy show that Thursday. The day after they had fired Joe Paterno. So the state was pretty much, especially Penn State. I did the comedy show at Penn State the day after Joe Paterno got fired. I heard about Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. So that was just insanely awkward. And people, yeah, I mean, people have pride in Penn State and Penn State football. And they don't, 
They don't like it necessarily getting crapped on. Some people they want it. They they keep waiting for more information to come out about Joe Paterno that they can use to defend why he shouldn't have gotten fired. Protesting. and I guess in comedy there's a phrase they like to call "too soon." I guess you doing a show a day after all that. <laughs> I guess maybe it was a too soon. Did you talk about it? Yeah. Well, I it was the same thing. Like. I did the comedy show up at Penn State, and one kid went up before I went up because it was like a stand-up club, and it was fun. But the one kid went up, and he was uh, – he's like, I'm not going to do jokes. I'm just going to talk about the situation. Oh, boy. And he's like, we're trading – we traded championships for – what have like, and just getting like really graphic, and it, and it got pretty uncomfortable. And how so- do you follow that? When you, you know what I mean, like following a kid who's up there more or less protesting, and you're supposed he, he to—he was serious, he was emotional about it. I mean, I thought it was interesting, yeah. but yeah, it wasn't—it wasn't like your traditional stand-up comedy. So yeah, that was kind of a, a weird situation to to follow after, and I, and I wasn't dying. I mean, here's my thing: like, I'll—I have some—I have some Penn State stuff. I'm not—I'm not definitely not going to do it, or I'm not definitely going to do it. I mean, yeah. that's how I—that's in general how I do my act. Like, I have, I. My theory on doing my act is I kind of have I, – I look at it as like I have a lot of plays sure. in the same way a coach calls plays. Like I have, I have some plays that I know work pretty good in certain, certain situations. I'll look over my playbook, but I kind of like to perform the jokes without like a strict order. Like mm-hmm. I kind of have an idea of how I'm going to do – get in and out of certain jokes and what jokes I want to talk about for sure. And I have other ones that, okay, if this feels right or depending on the reaction or like you said, you know, you think of stuff as you're doing the joke, yeah. something happens in the room. I'd like to leave some flexibility. So that, That's my thing in the Penn State. Like if, if it comes up and it's like a button that everyone wants to hear, which I s- strongly doubt that's going to happen. <laughs> you know, I, I – yeah, but I don't plan on – and I'm the same way as you. Like I have – I wrote out like a set list of things I would like to get on video if possible. But if it doesn't fit or I just forget to do it. You know, so be it. Uh, you know, but the Penn State thing—the thing that I find hilarious in California—I've actually had people ask me specifically because they know I'm from Pennsylvania. They would say things like, "Well, what do you feel about the, you know, that child molester guy?" And it's like the same thing as you. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, what do we have a different? <laughs> right. I, I mean, I think motto in Pennsylvania: save water, shower with a kid. Even even the people that were supporting Joe Paterno weren't supporting Jerry Sandusky. Like, yeah. so in in their defense, I mean, I still think I, I've said it a million times. I I think Joe Paterno deserved to get fired. He did. Yeah. You know well, what bro- else? What else is there to? What else is there uh, really to go with as far as the the Penn State situation? Just kind of a bummer all yeah. around. All around a huge bummer. I mean, that broken hip is actually going to save him from a lot more ridicule because he's going to be stuck at home for a while. Yeah, are you talking about uh, Joe Paterno? Hey, yeah, and he also he also had uh, lung cancer he's dealing with, so he's, he's going to be chilling at home. Yeah. Um, you said now you said uh, Johnny, you said that the Lehigh Valley does not have a lot as far as entertainment goes. I, I'd like to dispute that. Or, okay. I'm sorry, dispute that. Okay, dispute with a little uh, little show I'd like to call. Well, it's uh, what I call it, and uh, what it's known uh-huh. throughout the Lehigh Valley. I'd love to it's hear it. It's on uh, cable access. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you grew up with this show, but I did. Here you go. Here's a listen. I think I know. Oh yeah. Please tell me this is Jolly Joe Timmer. Yep. Live from the RCN TV studio. <laughs> it's the Jolly Joe Timmer oh, yeah. show. Featuring foot-stopping polka music for over 30 years. Yes. This is not ironic at all. the host of your show, the king of polka, Jolly Joe Timmer. 
And how great was Jolly Joe? He was not Thank you very much there, Ricky. Oh, hello, 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 everybody. Welcome. It's the Jolly Joe Chipper Show. A good show for you lined up tonight. We even have a new person here. First time she's with us on our show. All right. Then it just goes into the really boring show. For the record, I called in and pranked that show at least three times in my life. It is. It, he is a just a cantankerous guy. Yeah. He's Good Iron- word, Tintakers, yeah. He's ironically named Jolly Joe. Mm-hmm. What does Jolly Joe do? Well, he's it's a he's it's a big like, man. Big man. Basically, it's like TRL, but instead of playing the most popular videos, they play old weird polka music and take calls from either people messing with them yes. or honest diehard polka fans. So it's a, it's an eclectic mix. And let us not forget that when Jolly Joe goes into a song, one of the many polka hits at times, they will break away to live dancing <laughs> at the polka hall. So not only will you see Jolly Joe, uh, you know, enjoying the music, but you'll actually see a bunch of old people dancing as well during the song, just to kind of get you in the mood. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I imagine I imagine the Jolly Joe show is something you throw on. You got a couple buddies over, crack some beers, do a little polka dance, and get into it. What if this podcast? Just spikes the popularity of Jolly Joe Timmer. I think he should sponsor our next. Is he alive? Um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I hope so. so. If uh, if Jolly Joe, if you're listening to the podcast, feel free to send me some merch, some yeah. swag. I'll be happy to give it out. Happy some, to spread the good name of Jolly Joe. Some khaki shorts and suspenders. I was actually on the Jolly Joe Timmer show. What? And it was it was kind of by accident. Here's how. So you talk about Music Fest. Yeah. Music Fest is a uh, annual Lehigh Valley tradition. Huge around here. Music Fest. It's huge. It's a huge. It's a week-long thing. They set up tents all along the uh, Lehigh River. All, all different kinds of tents, um, food, obviously very music-centric. Then they have a couple big stages. They'll get kind of like bands that were really popular at some point, but not so popular. Like the second-tier bands. Like Hootie and the Blowfish before he had his country come back. You'll get those guys. Fuel. Right. Fuel. They're popular. Ooh, like yeah, um, Three Doors Down is, is, sounds like a guy would be right mm-hmm. on their radar right now. Yep. So they get – Hall and or Oats. Yeah. One or the other. <laughs> Not together. Together they're probably a little big yeah. for the Lehigh Valley uh, Music Fest. So – and especially in high school, that was the thing to do was mm-hmm. – I don't know about you, but uh, – Maybe get a water bottle with a little bit of liquor in it. Maybe have a couple beers. They have buses going down. So you hop on the bus. You go down there. You wander around. Talk to some high school girls. Get in the mix. So I was down there on one of these uh, summer trips. Had a a few too many. And you see people dancing in the polka tent. I was like, oh, it'll be funny. I'll start going around and dancing with these old ladies. So I'm doing that, dancing. And... I guess it was a live broadcast of the Jolly Joe Timmer show. So they, were showing, yeah, so they were showing all these people dancing polka, me doing it kind of as a joke with these older women. And little did I know, one of the guys working at my uncle's hardware store was, uh, was an earnest Jolly Joe Timmer show fan. Oh and he was watching it at his house. I was like, oh, my God, that's Sean. <laughs> so, you know, I was called like polka boy for the next three months working at my uncle's hardware store because i came in they were like hey show us your dance moves oh hey look at this guy who likes polka dancing oh, oh sean didn't know you were so into polka Ooh, look at you did you ever see the video of it no i never oh. saw them see that that was and i remember trying to stay up and catch a replay and i never was able to get it 
I mean, this is we're talking pre DVR. Oh, the beauty of Jolly Joe Timmer, there's no tape delay. Like, because <laughs> no. what happened was like me and my buddies would usually sit around bored as hell. If I recall, it would, it would come on a Sunday night. I might be wrong, maybe a Tuesday night. But you know, nights in the summer, there's nothing to do here, especially when you're not quite 18. Yep. You know, you play basketball, you come home, there's nothing else to do. So I would just call up the Jolly Joe Timmer show and, like, talk. To, I would watch myself on TV talking to him. <laughs> and, then, like, back then, that was the coolest thing ever in the 90s. Right. You know, talking to an old fat man. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it was, a, it was a real thrill. And especially for someone who wants to do TV and radio and, and, and have on, when you see this guy, you're like, wow, show business is e- easy. Yeah. Look at, look at Jolly Joe Timmer. He's got his own show. I remember writing to RCN Cable, like, I, I really like my own late-night show. I was Great idea. Yeah, well, yeah, RCN didn't think so. Wow. They never wrote back to me, those... Sons of bees. Sons of bees. They they just, uh, they, they saw Sean's, Sean's letter here of a man reaching out with a dream, and they just said, no, no, no. Take, that, take that crap to Los Angeles. We got yeah. local entertainment here. Yeah, take here. it to L.A. Jo- this is Jolly Joe Timmerville, all right? <laughs> Don't you even think about stepping on his territory with your... Post 10 p.m. idea. <laughs> People don't watch TV after that. In this no, they're parts. they're passed out. They were drinking too many beers, <laughs> watching the Jolly Joe Timmer show. I'm so glad you brought up Jolly Joe. That brings back some memories. Well, because uh, I was I was thinking of of local stuff that kind of captures the vibe of the Lehigh Valley. And yep, that's it. Jolly Joe Timmer show. That was right up there. Also, find some tasty cakes. Eat them. That's Lehigh tasty Valley. cakes. Great, great yeah. food products as well as uh, pierogies. Oh, pierogies are pierogies a tasty are treat from a, from a church, per, big church pierogies, man. They you can't beat those. They're the best. No, you can't. Yeah, they're for anyone who's never had them. Basically, it's a ball of mashed potatoes with kind of like a crispy potato outside <laughs> shell that they yeah. deep fry. Picture like a, a like a big French like a French fry the size of a hockey puck. That's yep. basically what it is. And they put some onions on it. You s- splatter it with ketchup. It is a. Uh, it's a tasty, delightful treat. You could throw in some fried onions into the mix. Some uh, some like to use their pierogies with sour cream. It is a it is a hockey puck shaped mouth orgasm. Now that <laughs> it is unbelievable. Although you would never hear the ladies at the church describe it as that. Well, no, because no, a lot of them don't remember what an orgasm is, but they know how to make been, it happen. They've been out of the game for a long time. <laughs> so now you went to you went to high school in Northampton. That's right around here, right North- down the street from here. Yeah, it turns out we grew up nine miles from each other because my GPS just told me, which is pretty cool. That's um, pretty. It's uh, pretty actually, crazy. About eight miles. Yeah, uh, Northampton High School. Um, yeah, man, proud of it. Concrete kids. No one knows what that means, nor do I. Uh, I know. I actually Northampton was a huge concrete producer in the early 1900s. Lehigh Valley fact, everyone. And uh, yeah, Northampton grad, and uh, it's, it's it's fun to say that we have a cool little. Yeah, no, I, I was trying to remember how we had actually met out in Los Angeles, and I think it was. I don't know. I, I think, think I heard about you because I was talking to someone, and they're like, where are you from? I'm like, Pennsylvania. They're like, where? I'm like, I like Allentown area. They're like, oh, my buddy Sean, he's a comic. He's from Allentown. I'm like, I, I, we, I already knew we were going to be friends. Yep. So I was like, I think I think we just met like that. I'm like, dude, you're from the Lehigh Valley, right? You're like, yeah, but I don't remember where it happened. Yeah, I, I remember going down and doing a show you were hosting down in Orange County, coming down from Los Angeles, doing a show down there. I think it was at like a country western bar. What? Something, uh... So I'm trying to think. It was a show down in the Orange County where Jesus. either you were hosting or I met you there. Weird. I bet but, it was uh, a great show. Yeah, no, <laughs> it was. A, sounded I like it was an awesome show. Yeah, anytime they're doing comedy. Oh wait, uh, was it Tumbleweeds? Yeah, maybe it was Tumbleweeds. Dude, yeah. you did Tumbleweeds. Yeah, I, I see my my block that show out of my memory. That <laughs> that's a dive bar show that I ran for like two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that must uh, have been it. Who the hell did you come down with? 
You know, I don't remember. No, but uh, well, I do. Glad. I do remember doing the show Tumbleweeds. I'm glad you got to experience the atrocity of comedy that show was. Like, <laughs> here's the thing: is is um, there's not a lot of comedy in the Lehigh Valley. So in L.A. or anywhere else in New York, um, there's a lot. You know, a lot of people do shows at what we call dive bars. I did a set, a set last night at a dive bar in New York. Um, it's not easy. You try to make comedy. You try to squeeze a square comedy peg into a disgusting round hole of a dive bar sometimes. Right. And you do the best you can. And then there's this dive bar called Tumbleweed. The owner was a total D-bag and just, you know, didn't want to put any money into the show or really any advertisement. Somehow we kept it going for two years. Some nights were great. Other nights it was like eight people. So, um, but yeah, it was a, I don't know how it went for two years. It's pretty incredible. People got hammered at that show. Well, yeah, Tumbleweed sounds like a place you go to get hammered. I'm yep. When they're talking, I mean, just the idea of Tumbleweeds. Yep. They call it stumbleweeds too. Okay, that, a, it was in Huntington Beach. There were a lot of local um, apartment complexes. People would just walk over there, and the liquor was actually pretty cheap. Um, you know, the service was very unfriendly, like total <laughs> typical dive bar thing. And just people had their regular thing they liked, and of course, there are pool tables, which is you know, pool tables are the biggest obstacle to any bar show <laughs> because some dudes don't have anything else to live for but pool. Like if, if you're about to run a comedy show and you see a guy walk in with his own pool cue, you are going to have a rough go at it. And I remember there were certain nights I told people we had to turn the pool tables off for the comedy show and I thought like I was about to get destroyed. Like I thought it was going to be like one of those movie scenes, you know, like Steven Seagal out for justice where like he breaks a pool cue <laughs> over my over my dome. You know? <laughs> Seagal, that's one of uh, Seagal's many other abilities. He, he's a jack of all trades. Not only is he probably great at pool, yeah. he's also a really good guitarist. If you watch, if you watch his reality show, Lawman, is it still on? I, well, I think they did a second season. I haven't okay. seen it yet. I saw. I thought I saw the promos for season two. I don't know if they aired yet or not. Season one was awesome. Season I one, it. Steven Seagal, Lawman. There was all, well. There's a couple different things. First off, there was an issue where. He and the um, Arizona Arizona Sheriff Lee Bach, I think it was him. Arizona. Yeah, well, I think they did like another episode in Arizona or something. Wow. For whatever whatever the um, whatever the episode was, they came in to break up a cockfighting ring, but they they used excessive force because they they got like a mini tank and used it to like plow through this oh. guy's backyard. They ended up killing his dog in the process, and then there was this huge lawsuit where the guy, one of the things, one of his demands was that Steven Seagal write a hand uh, written apology to his daughters explaining why he killed their dog. Well, first off, Steven Seagal is a tank. You don't tell him what to do. So, well, they, so they bust down with a tank. He's like, what are you doing, all these cops? <laughs> And just bust it out of the whole thing. The hilarious part was they broke up the cockfighting ring. Sure. I imagine to prevent the people from, you know, cockfighting and yes. murdering murdering these uh, roosters or whatever. Yeah. But ironically, what they did with all these cocks that had been trained to fight was they put them all to sleep. So they <laughs> – because I guess they couldn't humanely be recovered. Like once you kind of are trained to kill other roosters, you right. can't you can't come back from that. Much like the, the dogs that were trained to kill other dogs uh, – Michael Vick, I guess they couldn't save a lot of them because once that switch is kind of turned, there's no turning back. It was a cock cost. They <laughs> people are now eating those cocks. Well, then I need to stop. Then I guess uh, one of the reasons they shut down season one was that 
I supposedly uh, now I don't know what ever ever happened to the charges, but he was holding these women hostage, basically these cleaning women that he brought over. For, I think from uh, some Asian country. He had been kind of holding them hostage, not letting them leave. Who was uh, Steven Seagal? What? Yeah. No. So. I, I don't even know what happened. It's, it sounded like a very bizarre situation. It seems like he well, never... Well, not for Seagal, but for normal human beings. <laughs> right? Yeah. Steven Seagal, it's just another day. <laughs> just another typical Steven Seagal day. But I remember one of the other surprising scenes in that Steven Seagal series was when they... He he like hung out with these uh, black musicians in New Orleans, and he was really good on guitar. Wow. I don't... I, how when... How many hours of free time does this guy have where he can play guitar, become an international badass, be really yeah. amazing at karate and all sorts of uh, martial arts, also how, somehow be like a backup sheriff or assistant sheriff or whatever he technically is, a reserve police officer. He's an expert marksman. This guy really excels at everything. Well, Still us, kind of out of shape, though. I never understood yeah. that part. Let us not forget, though, after Under Siege 9, he did have a couple years where not a lot was going on, so maybe that's when he picked up... <laughs> My, my, what I love about Lawman is when he goes down to like you know he's a cop in, in New Orleans is when like you know you hear him talk on see him talk on camera he's Steven Seagal but then he was dealing with the locals all of a sudden he becomes like Black Cajun yeah it's, it's it's so cute he did he really uh, he really did pick up the black accent he's like yeah what y'all what y'all doing tonight what, what you, y'all what you, what you doing brother you can't be doing, doing these drugs brother this is oh the yeah man. you can't do this man yeah oh, it's all man. good. <laughs> And I just love like the random uh, crackheads that they be bust. Yo, was that Steven Seagal? Yeah, they love it. <laughs> they love it. Yo, am I seeing things? That's some good shit. That looks like Steven Seagal, dog. Yo, can you sign this for my cousin? <laughs> Yo, I just get busted by Steven Seagal. A mama gonna be proud of me. <laughs> this racist portion of the Sean Green Show is brought to you by Sean Green and Johnny Lacoste. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean. I'm, I'm just doing an accurate impression of the. Absolutely, uh, it's all in love. It's all in love, New Orleans. Uh, they're they're good folks out there, but uh, yeah, sure the are. people that were getting busted by uh, they were getting busted by Steven Seagal had some um, hilarious reactions, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Now, how was your reaction, Johnny? We mm-hmm. uh, we recently got featured in the local paper, the Morning Call. I know, yeah, it was a, I know it was. Uh, you know, it's the big uh, local local rag. It serves for out those uh, for those East. nine of you who still get the newspaper. Exactly. Which one of which is my dad? So that was cool. Yeah. Did you get a? Did you get a lot of comments about the article featuring us? What was uh, people's reactions? Oh, actually, this is this is very funny. Um, so I get a text message. There, at one point in the article, it says something to the extent of that um, I am a laid back comedian, and so one of my <laughs> best friends, who's a total ball buster, texts me. But you know how like the new iPhone is making us sound stupid with the autocorrect? Yeah. What he, I think what he meant to say is laid back comedian my ass. Instead, all that came across in a text, it goes laid my ass. <laughs> no intro, no nothing. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? Then he goes, you're not a laid back median. It didn't spell out comedian. I'm like, I'm a median? What are you doing? And so it was him busting my balls on that Like, because I've noticed that I was you know, a kid and, and – one of my old buddies, but um, I thought it was a really nice article. I mean, you know, they're asking us weird questions, and like, you know, there's certain questions as a comic, you get them, you really have no way to answer them. Right. So I think what we said was, uh, 
I think it was pretty fair. I mean, I don't know if I'm necessarily super laid back. I, I guess I am to an extent. Yeah, yeah, he said, uh, quote, I'm laid back. Someone you'd like to be around. I'm not an angry comedian. And I, I know and I, I didn't say it. Those are not exact. That's the thing is, I think this are, I, I wish he would have recorded the conversation because at one point he exactly quotes me saying the word good twice in the same <laughs> sentence. I definitely did not say good. I'm like, he's making me sound like I can't even read. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Nice guy. Good article. They put our pictures in. Yeah, and, no, it was cool. I mean, they're they're trying to help promote the show, but it's true. I'm not an angry dude, so I mean, I guess it's certain to an extent. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I I found this this uh, <laughs> paragraph funny. What? Uh, Laquasta describes his appeal, saying, "I'm someone you'd like to have a beer with off stage," <laughs> and then they go, "Green is just as accessible, but his stage persona implies that he might have a lot more than just one beer after he <laughs> finishes his act." <laughs> I love how we took that from both of our conversations, and I mean, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm. I'm kind of asking for it, talking about drinking on stage and naming my CD the Whiskey Dick. So, which they spelled out Dick. So, yeah, thank no, you. we had a, we had the conversation that I was I was impressed that they were able to. There might have been a conversation in the morning call. Can we say Dick or not? They sure did, and we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no. I, it was it was cool to get the shout out in there, but yeah, it was funny seeing. <laughs> I, I guess it's uh, yeah. You just see yourself in print and see the stuff you're saying or, or what you're trying it, to go for. For me, it was very weird because growing up here, I mean, I lived here my entire life until even all through college. Went to college in Philadelphia, moved back home for a year and a half before I moved to, to Cali. The morning call was like the thing. The morning call was like your Bible every morning, like you read the paper and stuff like that. And so, you know, growing up, I was not a good athlete. Um, I know you played football, right? Yes. Yeah. And JV. I, I, okay. Well, but yeah. So not a good athlete. So. Yeah, exactly. I was not a good athlete. I played one game in my high school basketball career. And so like growing up, you read the morning call religiously, you know, especially the sports page. And it's like, you know, you always want to be mentioned somehow in the morning call. Yeah. And like every year you come home, you see like the entertainment section and they're writing about like people from the Lehigh Valley that are in reality shows. I'm like, what are you writing about these idiots for? I'm right. Like, One of these days <laughs> they're going to do an article about people that are actually working their asses off from the Lehigh Valley. And the best part is we didn't even have to ask them. Like they contacted us and they're like, yeah, we'd love to do an article about you guys. And say, like, Oh, well, thank you. Let's uh, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it was a cool thing. And I was thinking the last time I was mentioned in the local paper, specifically the Lehigh Valley was for sports. Oh, it yeah. was for, well, this is another thing. I mean, from if you're from the Lehigh Valley, you know how important local sports are. Oh, it, it is funny to pick up the sports section. I'm used to reading the L.A. Times and the New York Times, being out in L.A., and the idea that high school basketball is front page of the sports section is funny. But yeah, high school sports are really important. People are involved in the community. But I remember they used to print recaps of even Little League baseball games. So wow. even in eighth grade, I remember the coaches – would I, I guess uh, this was before email, but they would call up and tell the reporter the box score and whatever kind of like they would, uh, you know, so and so winning pitcher. Uh, they would throw in like a log line sure. and then the box score they would print it. So I remember the one time, and now I was epically bad at playing baseball, <laughs> but I remember I remember the one time I got two hits in one game. One was an infield single. And the it was just a slow dribbler to. Hey, you beat up. it out though. Yeah, I did. I I showed a lot of hustle there. Yeah. Could have been a, could have been an error, but a young they, Pete Rose. Exactly. I was uh, I was Sean Hustle here, <laughs> and I also uh, bet on the game, much like Pete Rose. <laughs> 
I start, I started early in gambling. I knew I knew our pitcher was going to give up those runs. All right, I didn't do anything to affect the game. Pretty easy to fix a little league game. That's a good thing to get into <laughs> if you can. Exactly. I want to write uh, before I get too sidetracked, but I would love to write. Um, a sports movie about a basically you you know the typical townie like a guy who stays in a small town high school knows and, everything yep okay so here quick movie pitch here Johnny okay small town townie I'm in graduates high school kind of still hangs out with the high school kids older guy buying people kids beer starts opening so a we're talking mid twenties ish yeah early twenties we we're not gonna make it super creepy he's like twenty one. Hanging out with some 19-year-olds or 18-year-olds. And he decides, all right, I'm going to get into sports handicapping. He starts he starts uh, being a bookie for high school sports. And then he gets it. The mafia hears about it. They they start busting him like, okay, you got to start giving us some of your action. Quickly he gets in over his head, and then he's forced to fix these high school football games. Wow. Sounds pretty crazy. I think it's actually – it's. I mean, I'll tell you what. It's, it's better than Bucky Larson. <laughs> I mean, that could be a pretty funny comedy, better than anything that Happy Madison has put out in the last couple of years. So. They, they have they have put out some stinkers. Oh, All right, man. Sorry, real quick, just to finish my story. Sure. So I uh, had a uh, infield single, nice. shortstop. Then I had another one, which really was a fielder's choice, but the dad who was scoring felt bad for me, so he counted it as a hit. So I had two hits, and when they put in the score for that day, they wrote Sean Green, two hits, and I was... Yeah. I was ecstatic, but the, the <laughs> it was another thing where the coaches were kind of messing with me because there was a guy who was the winning pitcher. He was three for four with a triple and a double and got no mention in the paper. Right. So it was kind of out of pity, and I appreciate this article. It, there was no pity involved. They were it like, just, give this blind squirrel his nut for today. <laughs> right, exactly. Now, I was actually in a box score. Um, the, the one game I actually got into, I scored uh, three points. It was my senior high school basketball game. I got in for the last couple minutes. And uh, it was one of those deals. where It was actually packed because there wasn't a wrestling match that night, thank God. So people came to the basketball game. And we had a real good team my senior year. We actually were very close to going to states and everything. And uh, I got into the very end. It was a blowout. We were kicking the shit out of Lee Heighton, who always sucked because they were a tiny little school. And I uh, got in. And I remember I was at like the not the top of the three point arc, but off to the side a little bit. And I'm like, I'm just gonna put a move on whoever is remotely near me. So <laughs> I basically put a move. I drove in one step. I got bumped, and off one foot near the free throw line, I threw up a floater. It went in. They called the foul, and wow. then I hit the free throw. So I finished with a career uh, <laughs> thousand point free throw percentage in high school. And I remember my parents still have that box score somewhere in one of my photo albums. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. So now you're you're back here living at home. For now, but well, I mean, right. I mean, for, for the I holiday, guess, for the holiday, yeah, right. Enjoying yeah, I mean, it. didn't mean to imply that you moved back home here. <laughs> this show's the end for me tomorrow night. <laughs> exactly. Guys, so come on out and see it. Then I'm retiring from comedy, moving back here, just hanging out <laughs> yep. in the Lehigh Valley. I'm going to start handicapping high school sports. There, so. <laughs> hey, there, I'm telling you, there's going to be money in that one day if there isn't already. There probably is. What's it? What's it like coming back? I know everyone has their experiences of coming back. Do you stay in your old room? What's it like, kind of hanging out? Back at home, does it feel weird at all? Well, here's the thing. The, the house I grew up in, my parents sold that, and they actually built a house in 2007. So um, I actually – I always drive by the old house. It's funny because my parents moved in, God, 30-some years ago when they were a young married couple. They sold it to a young married couple with a little kid. So it was almost like the cycle repeating. So it was really, really you know, cool for the couple. They were excited about the house. So we drove by the house. The whole neighborhood looks great. Um, I grew up across from a dead end where we used to play like Koosh football in the early 90s, like waiting for the bus. 
Um, but no, my parents' house now is great. The whole neighborhood is amazing. They have a whole bunch of really good friends they go out with. They have a great time. They're all they're taking like a limo bus to the damn show tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, their friends are amazing. They just get sauced, and it's going to be awesome. So it, I love coming home. It's so relaxing and. Because you know we we both live in L.A. and you know we both work incredibly hard at what we do and as much as we enjoy it we wouldn't you know be chasing the dream if we didn't enjoy it. It gets a little tedious. It gets a little frustrating. And so um, I love coming back and just breathing and going out to eat. Uh, best restaurant I've ever been to Asante Restaurant in Northampton. Go to Asante.com if I could plug that. Sure. Restaurant. Go there all the time. They're like family. They'll be at the show tomorrow. Um, it's just amazing, man. I love it. Come home, relax. I get to watch the Sixers. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The old <laughs> Sixers. Do you get – how is your relationship with your parents? Do you, get, do you guys get along? Do you ever I... – mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean they, they – I think they like having us home. My brother's flying red eye right now as we speak or he will coming, be soon. Coming back. Yeah, it's funny. Like I come back and I get along with my parents. But it is funny. My dad gets in these – he he can't help himself, but he'll he'll just like start telling me what to do uh, <laughs> on not even not on like a small level of hey put this away or do that. What well, they'll do that too. But my dad will even <laughs> they want to give you knowledge that you already have. Yes, kind of oh, but on such a hilarious minutia. Like my dad, we're driving home, and then immediately, you know, we talked about the Eagles for a while, try to justify the season, go through that There's whole no justifying this season. Go go through that whole thing, try to figure out how we're going to rationalize the season, that that kind of stuff. Then we start talking about okay, hey, what's going on for food? What do you guys got in the fridge? Because driving back from Newark Airport, figuring out what kind of meal I'm going to make. Dad starts going, oh, there's some roast beef in there, blah blah. <laughs> First off, your dad's pretty cool for picking you up at Newark Airport. My parents refused to go anywhere but ABE, yes. our little airport. They would not drive to Philly. They would not drive to Newark. I'm flying right into ABE every time. All right. Well, that's pretty awesome. Your dad. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Him driving out there, picking me up. And it's funny. I come in, start making the roast beef sandwich, and my dad, he'll go, you should uh, put some mayonnaise on that. <laughs> Put some what? lettuce on. He starts telling me he, he can't help himself. He starts describing to me how to make a roast beef sandwich, wow. and I caught him. I was like, "Dad, you, you're explaining how, to me how to make a sandwich." He's like, "Yeah, well, you, you haven't been you've been out of town for a while." So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't need sandwiches out in L.A. We don't have bread <laughs> or meat. <laughs> it's just so hilarious. The throw some uh, throw some mayo on that. Yeah, Dad, I know how to make a roast beef sandwich. I've been doing it for a long time now. I, I appreciate, it. and it's not something I get mad about, but it's just funny, like. I think even that that parenting gene clicks back on when it you're never back, goes away. When you're back at your parents' house, my mom will at some point tell me to throw put my clothes in the laundry bin. Like you can't you can't really escape that. Oh yeah, no, it's great. And the thing is, well, you got to appreciate it. I do. I love being home. It's fun, and uh, it's the, the best. Is like it forces you to relax. Like I'm not good at relaxing in LA at all. So I come home, and it's actually nice to watch TV or whatever. And obviously tonight we got to you know got stuff for the show tomorrow night. So I'm gonna work on some stuff there. But I mean. It's fun, man, and the fact that so many people want to come out and see us is uh, it's kind of overwhelming. You know? Yeah, no. Are bit. you uh, are you a little nervous? You a little stressed out? I was the show I did in May. Honestly, tomorrow I just want to have a good time. Like it's it's great we're taping it, and don't get me wrong, I would love to deliver everything perfectly, exactly how I want to. I know that is not going to happen. So, yep. so if, you know, if we if we mess up a bit, then so be it. What can you do? I just want to have a really good time, and I think we will because it's only, uh, you know, Randy hosting, me and you. Yeah, so, now uh, throw out the guy's name that's uh, the opener. The host is uh, Randy Tong, local guy, really funny. His last name is uh, T-O-N-G-U-E, I believe. Okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. T-O-N-G-E, I believe. Not like Tong. I think it's Tong. Really funny guy, good local comic. And, um, yeah, artsquest.com. 
You can go get the tickets. Uh, there's definitely not many left, but there are some left, I think. <laughs> it was funny. I was explaining to my dad, Starters is the bar where we're doing, right. the, we're doing the after party. Starters, Riverport, Bethlehem, awesome place. It's a, it's a great place. I don't know how to describe it. Just It's really big. Tons of uh, beers on tap. They oh, dude, everything. A lot of great. big screens for uh, sports and stuff like that. Great family runs it. I went to high school with them. Uh, the Rank family, awesome people. I'm really good friends with them. And uh, when I contacted them about doing the after party, they were totally on board. And um, it's a great spot. It's right, Starters Riverport, right in Bethlehem, very close to where we're doing the show, very close to the Sands Casino. And so... Uh, yeah, you can't. The food is phenomenal. Um, drinks are great. Staff is good. It's going to be a really fun after party. Yeah, and it's. Uh, it was funny. My dad's like, "What's an after party?" <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, "I don't know, Dad. It's a. It's a party where you go after the party." So what are you guys going to do? Like, are you going to be doing more comedy there? No, we're just going to No, be... definitely not. I know. That's the, that's the exact opposite of what we're going to do. It's going to be bad enough doing comedy in the first place. Yeah. And then afterwards, we're just going to talk. Yeah. Then we're just going to hang out and drink. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to – I'm trying to figure out what to do tomorrow. Like, have you figured out your ride situation? I don't want to drive. No, no. Well, I mean, I think I'm I'm probably just going to get a ride over with my parents. And then, yeah, yeah I don't know, either uh, – well, it's, it's funny. My one buddy who's coming, uh, Zach, he's uh, – He's, he's always been super supportive. And oh, stuff Z-Man? Like, yeah. The one who was uh, sh- shouting out on Twitter yesterday? Yeah, my buddy Zach was you know, blowing up Twitter saying he was going to bring all these uh, people. And he, he's, I think he's, uh, yeah, he's helped bring a lot of people he's to the great. show. So. And his Twitter really, profile says he's a number one stunner and a bouse. <laughs> yeah. So right away I was like, I like this guy. Yeah, he, he, runs, he runs the suburbs, as he likes to say. Yep. But yeah, it's funny. He, um, he calls his, uh, I don't know really exactly where this started. But we, when we come home, we always go to his bar to hang out. And he doesn't have a bar. He just has a kitchen table that we just end up going to his place, hanging out, drinking beers. And he calls it Finishers. And he has, <laughs> this, he has this fake rivalry with starters. <laughs> so, oh, that is an awesome name for – oh, my God. How come no one's ever done that? Well, and it's – yeah, I mean it's not like he – I'm sure he has no – Legit beef with starters or whatever, but he's just always like finishers is a place to go, not yeah, starters. Right. It's great, and it's always kind of just been this running joke of like, oh yeah, you go to starters, but you end at finishers. Well, here we do. So the after party. First off, the show at our it's our <laughs> the show's at Arts Quest. The after parties at starters, and the after after parties at finishers. There you go. That's after after party. We've we've done a couple uh, live podcasts from finishers. So. Oh really? Yeah. Where's he live? Bethlehem. Uh, he lives in Hellertown. Okay, close enough. Check that out. All right, let's uh, let's. Should uh, we wrap this up? Are we doing well, an yeah, advertisement commercial? What are we doing? We got a uh, we got a little bit of news here. Let's uh, tackle a couple a couple of quick things I want to get to before we wrap this up. Sure. Did you? Uh, of course, you know Kim Jong Il died, right? You heard about that? Yeah, and now his uh, his little pudgy Super Mario cartoon looking son is apparently taken over. He did. He does. Uh, he does have that resemblance. This was, I think, one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. So. Not only the country of North Korea has had a lot of problems. I mean, 10% of the people are starving. Oh, yeah. But that, I guess there's still a lot of North Koreans are big fans of Kim Jong-il. Even though he would consume, I believe, up to $700,000 of Hennessy per year. Did you see that? No. Big Hennessy guy. Yeah, I, it. I, it is it is hilarious like how they demonize the West but then embrace all the culture. Like, oh, yeah, I want to direct uh, feature films like Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jews are horrendous. America is the devil. They, blah, blah, blah. But those Koreans, watch out. <laughs> I also love how he he would lie so crazily on his oh, yeah. uh, scorecard and golf. Like he would routinely do three or four hole in ones in a round, which is it's a weird no. move because 
you have to decide how many hole in ones you're going to claim. Well, the, and the the thing is, he claims to have eleven hole in ones in one eighteen round, <laughs> and a, a total score of thirty eight. And he has seventeen people that will vouch for him doing it. Now, granted, I will vouch for you if there's a sword to my throat. Exactly. But my th- what I find funny is eleven hole. Like, where did he get? Like you said, where did he get to that point where it's like oh, twelve? That's that's too much. Twelve. Twelve is pushing it, and that's why I <laughs> tweeted out that uh, it was a sad day for sports as they lost the world's greatest golfer, <laughs> Kim Jong Il. Now this is the this is just people in the streets of North Korea reacting oh, dear God. to the fact that Kim Jong Il has passed away. Okay, we're kidding. That's actually the haunted mansion at Disney World. It, it, I know it does. It doesn't sound like people weeping. It sounds like a haunted hayride or something to the like. I just—it's so bizarre. Which Asians crying is kind of scary. So <laughs> I know they. Uh, yeah, but the I, my question: Why are they? Are they sad because they're afraid of the instability instability of their country? It can't be because they like the guy, right? I, I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things that they're afraid of change. Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, or just the, there's a lot of honor in that culture, and mm. maybe even even if you didn't necessarily agree with the dictator or the guy that was in power, you still respected him. And I think it was maybe if I had to guess, and I'm not an international politics expert, mm. uh, I would guess that it's they revere the position, the idea of our leader is right. very important, regardless was- of. Whether he's a jerk or not, the idea of, oh, he's our leader. He's what symbolizes the head of North Korea. Th- yeah. That is important to them. And he was known as the supreme leader. He made everyone refer to him as that. My favorite King Jong Il, Kim Jong-il story, and I'm sure you've seen this one, is there is also an article written about he did not defecate. <laughs> did you see that one? No. Yes. Uh, they eventually pulled it, but for a fact, there was a notice out that he did not defecate, which to me would explain his death because obviously he had a bit of a buildup in his abdominal system. So, now, there's some uh, – now, Johnny, you you're, you know uh, health issues. I mean that's yeah. got to be some toxic shock or something, right? Exactly. There's, there had to be some sepsis. I don't think he died from fatigue. He died from not pooping is pretty much what it was <laughs> if that story is uh, holding true. Yeah, that's, uh, that's got to be crazy. It's amazing to me though that like you know here we are in 2011 – yeah, we have our own issues in this country. This next, you know, presidential election is going to be a total just shit fest. But you look at a, a country like that, where the publications will actually give stories like that. You know, making this guy look like a god. Right. People have to follow it. That's yeah, I mean, as much as people complain about the media, we're not we're not that bad in comparison. Yeah, the Jews aren't that bad over here. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> that that one, that one's a, that one was brought to you by Johnny LaCosta. Yeah. All right. So now, one other thing I want to touch on: NBA is back. And yeah. Thank I'm, God. This is gonna be a great season. No, there's a lot of uh, good Christmas Day games going. Chris Paul with the Clippers. They Love looked that. they looked really exciting uh, doing some alley oops to Blake Griffin. Dude, it's gonna be insane. They got they got a fun team. But then on the other side of Los Angeles, Kobe Bryant and the Lakers. Seems like they're hitting the wall. They got no Phil Jackson. Odom's gone. Kobe Bryant's got another year on those knees. And Vanessa's gone. Yes. He is facing a $100 million divorce. Yep. And rumor mill is because he was unfaithful again. Yeah. Supposedly there was another woman. She's denied it. They they actually retracted the story. Of course they did. But I got to imagine there's some infidelity issues or, or... I mean, I don't know. Why else would you divorce? I, at some point, 
Yeah, it's Here's insane. the thing. You Why know, do you, I, I understand she's entitled to some money, but $100 million just seems insane. But, like, what is she going to do? Well, I think Kobe, if he knows he was, like, you know, being unfaithful, I think he'll just give it to her. He has the money. And you, you know, it's going to be what, – what's she going to do, though? Like, she's a young, beautiful woman. Yeah, she's got two kids. Are, like, her and Elon just going to hang out now? Like – there aren't many divorced billionaires clubs out there. <laughs> Michael Jordan's uh, ex-wife. Yeah. I think she got a nice chunk of change. Like, who do you date next? Like, for Vanessa Bryant, like, who is she going to date? Like, how do you follow Kobe? Check. That's the only <laughs> way. That's the only way. That's that, the only way. That's a great. Oh, man. What if Shaq pulled that off? The old Shaq Fu? Kobe, how my ass tastes. Yeah, wow. exactly. That's That pales that little uh, rap disc he threw on Kobe Bryant. Kobe. Kobe, Kobe, how my ass tastes. Oh. Now, now he will know Dude. what what uh, Kobe's wife tastes like. Who needs- that's what uh, that's what I would imagine. That's I. Yeah. If I had to lay odds, I would I would throw all my money on Shaquille O'Neal being the next. And Shaquille O'Neal, listen, I, without getting um, too graphic, sometimes let's say mm-hmm. you you're with a woman and then she's with another guy. Whatever, you but the tell. idea of your your wife, your ex wife, being with Shaq, <laughs> there's a certain on that thirty five foot Superman bed. <laughs> there's a certain stigma that has to be attached to a woman after she's been with Shaq. Dude, I feel like oh, once man. you go Shaq, there's no coming back no. for women. And and I don't I don't mean that in a in a bad sense, but as a guy, <laughs> who needs a fifth ring when you can get Kobe's ex wife? <laughs> right, and she took away one of his rings, the uh, yellow canary that he laid out four million for, whatever yeah. that. Whatever that insane amount was. I think we're starting the rumor right here on the Green Show that Vanessa Bryant's hooking up with Shaq. I, I feel like it's credible. Yeah. I, I feel like we can run with this. Yep. We can start this uh, tweet going. If anyone knows TMZ, contact them. Did you see that uh, Bon Jovi had to tweet out a picture yeah. of himself because there was a rumor that Bon Jovi had died? Which I got really sad. I saw the notice <laughs> someone on Facebook before they saw the, the realness of it. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, Bon Jovi died. No. And then I Googled it, and I was like, oh, thank God. It was funny. Me and my buddy, like two weeks ago, Scott Bowser is a comedian. We were just drunk at a bar, and we were like, we should start a fake Twitter death. And uh, so we, we tried to start that Dolph Lundgren had died. Oh. And so we, just because it was like the most random of, of celebrities. Sure. And so we tweeted that out. And my buddy just joined Twitter that day. Name's Kyle's nice guy. Just joined Twitter that day, and like I was the only account he had followed. And oh, no. he goes, "Oh, great! Just my luck. I start Twitter for the first day, and all I and, and, and the only thing I learn is that Dolph Lundgren has died. This sucks." <laughs> <laughs> so and then it spread like wildfire. Well, yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't quite get to Bon Jovi level, but but it hung in there. Oh, you man. know what it was? They said it was the same exact story about Michael Jackson dying, with a couple different things they threw in. To make it chain, like to make. Oh, it okay. So it was basically the Bon Jovi dying story was basically Michael Jackson dying, but with Bon Jovi in there. That's pretty much what it was. Oh, okay. So Bon Jovi was taking some propofol. Conrad yeah. Murray overdosed him. Yeah, we're all still just living on a prayer, and he's around with us. Thank God. Well, we are living on a prayer, and uh, we pray to see you tomorrow night at the Steel Sacks. Thursday, December twenty second, eight p.m. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, uh, Johnny, where can uh, people check you out online? Oh, you can go to uh, jlocomedy.com, jlocomedy.com. Make sure you check that out. Thank you, everyone, for listening to The Green Room. We do it here live every Thursday on seantgreen.com. And make sure you check out 247comedy.com. They present the podcast, and you can uh, also go out and check. Get there. Uh, they have a... Um, 
an app, a 24-7 comedy app that mm-hmm. they have uh, streaming stand-up comedy going 24-7. Make sure you check that out. Thank and you. click on the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support the green room. Anything you buy from Amazon supports the show. And I think we should give a nice Lehigh Valley salute. There you go. Lehigh yeah. Valley salute. God bless Lehigh Valley. And God bless you listeners. Thank you guys, and have a great Christmas. Happy holidays.